Father, be with me right now and may your spirit move in our midst, those who are here and those who are at home. Lord, cause us, give us the, the audacity to rise up right now and say, God, I need, I need to change my life. I need to make my, my body, my flesh, my mind subjected to the will of the Holy Spirit today. Lord, I cannot continue to live like this. Cause each one of us today to engage our mind, to engage our life, to engage our soul in the ministry of the word and in the gospel that we may not be the static life, but we be a dynamic life force that changed not only our immediate surrounding, but the world for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come and move within our midst and cause us to be filled with the spirit of creativity, truth, and the spirit of sincerity as we seek to know you and conform our lives to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to answer the question that you ask, who do you say that I am? And Father, give us today the heart to know and to come to know and to declare you loud and clear to all those who are around us, who knows who you are to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13, and Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples now these are his disciples not just random people out there these are his closest friends and he asked them whom do men say that I the son of man am now note the first question he asks is what do others say what do you hear others say about me and then they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets and he said unto them but whom say ye that I am? The question that Jesus asked is not, what do other people say who I am? The question that Jesus asked you and I today is, who do you say Jesus is? What is your confession of the Son of God? Who do you say Jesus is? Because Christianity is not what other people say about Christ. Because it does not mean anything to you and I. But what it means to you and I is, what, who do you say? Who do I say Jesus is? What is my confession? Who is Jesus to me, not who is Jesus to you? That is never the question. That is not Christianity. The followers of Christ need to know the subject and the object of their pursuit. If Jesus Christ is whom you follow, then you need to be able to answer the question, who Jesus is to me? And that is the question that Jesus asked. Can you answer that question? Can you answer the question, who Jesus is to me? Someone asks you, who is Jesus? Can you not say the Bible says this? Can you say Jesus is? And your own words, tell them who Jesus is. That is the question. Everyone at the end will stand in front of God. And God will ask, do you know my son? Yes, the pastor knew your son. The church knew Jesus Christ. Hey, the whole country knows Jesus. But God says, do you? know my son do you know my son and the bible says this no one can confess jesus christ unless the holy spirit inspire them to confess jesus christ so unless the holy spirit is dwelling in you none of us can confess that jesus christ is lord so you find it hard right now to confess that jesus christ is lord is your lord and savior the question i would ask is is the holy spirit in you at all that is the question whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The first question is the question of knowledge of who Jesus is as a historical figure. You can't know Jesus unless you know who he is. 
and where can you find the information? Of course, it is in the church, and for some of us who are more diligent, we find him in the scripture that we read. But unfortunately, we are lacking in the Bible reading department, aren't we? Jesus asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? That is the first entry point. Have you heard of Jesus? Do you know about Jesus? Is the church talking about Jesus or the church talking about you? That is the biggest question is, are we left off preaching about Jesus and we are only talking about people now? How do you live your life to make your life better? My interest here today is the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Paul says, I only know one thing and that's Jesus Christ. And I preach Jesus Christ. That's all. That, that is all what I'm here to do. And the, the moment that we veer away from this gospel, Jesus Christ lived he died for our sin, he was buried, he rose again, then we don't have a church. We, there, there is no Christianity without Christ. So we need to get back and ask the question, who is Jesus? Who do men say that Jesus is? What, what have you heard about Jesus? Have you read about Jesus? Do you know this historical figure? Do you know he is, who he was, what he has done, and what he taught? This is the entry point to which we then have our mind engaged in knowing about this person and going deeper and to know who this person is and then a level deeper who this person is to me and having this relationship. Why must we declare Jesus Christ? Because the question Jesus asked the disciples were, who do you men say? Why would he want to ask this question? Why would anyone want to know who Jesus is? The answer is sin and death. That is the answer. See, if we don't have a problem of sin, and if we don't have the problem of eternal damnation, then Jesus didn't have to come down, and we don't need to know about this man at all. But we have a problem, and our problem is sin and death. The result of sin is death, and therefore all of humanity was heading or was given a destiny, and that is eternal damnation. And so God gave Jesus Christ, and we must know Jesus Christ. We must believe in him so that we could be rescued or we could be redeemed from this corruption, from this death. And that is why we need to know Jesus Christ. That's why we need to declare Jesus Christ that other people would hear about Jesus Christ. Think about the blind man who was sitting there. He was blind. He could not see Jesus. The only thing that he, that he couldn't know about Jesus was someone had mentioned the name Jesus in passing and he was sitting there and he was intently listening and there was this person, there was, there's this man that possibly can save him. And so when he heard Jesus, when he heard, because he didn't have the visual ability, when he heard Jesus came by, he called out, Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the, the, the entry point is, have you heard the gospel? Have you heard other people say about Jesus Christ? If you have, then you might have an opportunity to call on him when he passes by. So we, as the church, we are in the ministry of proclaiming who Jesus Christ is and who Jesus Christ should be declared, so that people, when they hear of him, they can call out to him. But unless you call out to him, hearing about Jesus does nothing for you. You need to call out to Jesus. So Jesus came because God did not want us to die. God does not want us to perish. See, the Bible says this in Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God does not want to punish wicked people. That's not the will of God. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God, God desires no one to die. But we all know that some will die. We all know that there's some that die already. But that the wicked turn from his way and live. 
What does God want? God wants the wicked to turn from his way and live. This is the heart of God. And then he went on and says, Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? The, every one of us has the natural ability to obey God. We all have the natural ability to obey God. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We all have the natural ability, meaning it is innate in us to obey. Every created being has the natural ability to obey God. What we don't have is we don't have the moral ability to obey God. That's what we don't have. And so we, when you are judged, when you stand before God and you are judged, it's not because you don't have a natural ability. It is because you don't want to. You can't. There is no moral ability. You have a moral obligation to obey God, to turn from our wicked ways and to obey God, but we won't because we don't have the moral. Our moral has been corrupted by sin, and therefore you don't have the moral ability to obey God. The verse now makes sense, right? God wants you to turn and live, but you can't. Even though you can, you have the natural ability, but you cannot. And therefore, Jesus Christ has to come and has to change you. Now, he does this by completely changing you from an old creature into a new creature. This is called God's love. We don't deserve it. None of us deserve to have our moral ability change so that we desire not only can and desire to obey God and willing to obey God but we want to we desire to we want to please God we want to to obey God and this is the exp expressions of God's love for God so loved the world that he gave his only be beloved son God loves us therefore he sent Jesus Christ and when you know about Jesus and when you know Jesus, now the difference between someone knowing about Jesus and someone who knows Jesus is how they speak about that person. If you know about someone, you will say, well, he is like this, he is like that. Or I heard this about him and that about him. But when you know someone, you will say, let me tell you what he's like. Let me tell you what he said. Let me tell you what he means. That is the difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And God wants you to know his son, not know about him. Jesus was sent so that he can change us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. We might live through him. Think about the simple concept. This is Christ, and this is you. You are Put inside of Christ, and your life is now in Christ. You live in Christ. That's what it means. That's what this verse mean, mean. And that's what God wants you to do. And for you to be in Christ, Jesus says, you must be born again. There's no other way. And this change is a complete renewal, complete rebirth of the person. So when you are born again, the old is passed away, and everything has become new, or everything becomes new. Your mind, your thought, your proclivities, your propensities, all these things change. Of course, you're still living in the flesh, and the flesh still tells you, don't get up, stay in bed. But there is this inner life that's telling you, no, the flesh must die. You must crucify the flesh and take up that cross and follow Christ. There is this force, Paul talked about this, and this force 
when as Christ or as the Holy Spirit grow in your life, become more prominent and become more directive in the things that we do, then you will then have more of a, an ability to listen and follow what the Holy Spirit said rather than what your flesh said. Have you ever tried to fast? Your flesh say, no, you want to eat. But as you do it more and more, the voice of the flesh becomes fainter and fainter. And then you would be able to ignore that voice altogether because there's a stronger voice that you have learned to listen to and to obey. So with Jesus Christ, he came to give us a new life, to give us, to give us a new life through being born again in Christ, creating a new mind, a new thought, and a new life, making us want to pursue Christ and not just sitting by the gate and listening about Christ and never call out to Jesus Christ. Jesus asked the question, and there are two ways to answer. And he said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus, we must first know him as a historical figure, as a person, as the person who did miracles and the things that he taught and the things that he did and what he had done for humanity. That's the entry point. We sing about Jesus, we worship Jesus, and if we only vocalize the words without having it being part of, of our sincere worship, then we only know about Jesus. He doesn't know us because we don't know him. At your houses right now, in your homes right now, what are you doing? You know, in the time that we worship, examine your life. How do you worship the Lord? Do you sit in there with whatever device you have and kick up your feet and have the church on one side of the screen and then whatever else, the game on the other side? That speaks about your sincerity, how honest you are to your faith. What are you doing right now? Is, is your heart and mind wholly focused on the Lord? Or are you distracted? Or Jesus is only another window on your screen? How do you answer Jesus Christ if he asks you? Who do you say that I am? Jesus didn't respond to the, the disciples when they answered him. He went on and asked them the other question. And he said, but whom? See, the, the, the word here is, he's interested in what you have to say, not what other people have said about him. But whom do you say that I am? What is your confession of Jesus Christ? If I ask you, take a piece of paper right now on, on your phone or on your computer, take a piece of paper and write out, Jesus is my, fill in the blank. What would you write? What is the definition? How would you answer Jesus Christ when he asks you, who do you say that I am? Jesus demands a direct answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? Not what other people have said about Jesus. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? What has he done for you? What kind of relationship do you have with him? Do you pray with him? Does he talk with you? Do you walk with him? Is there a relationship with Jesus Christ? That is the question. How do you describe Jesus personally? How he is to you? In your conversation with Jesus, what is that like? When you pray, what is that like? What is he like when you interact with him? How do you answer? How do you answer Jesus? That is the first step. We must know who Jesus is. 
then we must call out to him and have a relationship with him because we exist. We exist here on this earth for a purpose. And the purpose is not simply, well, I heard this about you and I heard that about you. Think about that when you stand before the King of glory, before the throne of God. I heard this about Jesus. And God would say, I heard that about Jesus too, but do you know him? When you have come to know Jesus and have a relationship with him, what happens next? Going beyond confession or declaration is what I call expression. Christianity is not declaring the definition of who Jesus is. It is expressing who he is to us. We can't say he is like this. We must say, I am like him. Why do I do and act and behave a certain way? Because I want to model my life after Jesus Christ. Kids, if you're at home right now, Look around. Look at your parents. Look at your pa grandparents. What are they doing? Are they mirroring what Jesus Christ is? Do they look like Jesus Christ? You see, parents, our lives need to express Jesus. You can say all you want about who Jesus is, but if you don't express who Jesus is through your behavior, you have no confession. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. The confession of Jesus Christ, when we confess Jesus Christ, it is because the Holy Spirit in us causes us to confess Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. The confession of Jesus Christ comes because the Holy Spirit is in us, causing us to make this confession that Jesus Christ is my Lord. We're not ashamed. We've been born again. There is an unction in us to say that Jesus is my God and I will live according to how he make and mold me. This flesh cannot stand in the presence of God and therefore it must die and Christ must live. The witness of the Son of God does not come by what I say. The witness of the Son of God comes by how I live my life and what my life is like to others. That is the expression of who Jesus Christ is. Now, Jesus asked the disciples, and Peter had the right answer. But then he went to do what? He denied Jesus. The expression, it is only when he was crucified, Jesus Christ crucified, and so his disciples, Peter crucified, that became the expression of what a Christian is, not what he says. The Apostle Paul says that, don't you know that you are the gospel of Jesus Christ? written in your heart you are the gospel not what you say how you live your life what you do every day do you pray or do you spend your time doing what we are and we need to express jesus christ through our behavior through our decorum we need to express jesus christ but first we need to declare jesus christ because what you say you believe if you say i'm tired you will be tired if you say that you are stupid, you will act and behave as if you are. And if you say, I can do this, because the Bible promised me, because I believe that God has given me a new life, and in Him, nothing is impossible. 
That is faith. That's what faith is. Faith is something that you don't possess or you don't think you possess, but you're willing to declare. And so you reach out for it. Now, many of you have the ability to do much more than you are doing right now. But what you're telling yourself is, I can't. I'm tired. Declaring Jesus Christ is faith. Declaring Jesus Christ is the expression of faith that we all must have. Jesus is not interested in what you know about him. Your knowledge must come first. But what Jesus Christ is interested in is how you use that knowledge to cultivate your life, to become this instrument that expresses who Jesus Christ is to others. That's what he's interested in. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus Christ responded. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. All of our pursuit of God is not of our own making. We cannot pursue God. God has to reveal Jesus Christ to us. God has to make this first declaration of who His Son is. Then we can hear about Him, call out to Him, He opens our eyes, and then we can behold and see Him, and then now we can have the grace to believe. Don't for a moment assume or presume that somehow Peter has the ability to recognize who Jesus is. No. No one has the ability to recognize who Jesus is. This revelation, this event of revelation has to happen first and God had to make the first move. God has to move and we respond to God's move. And so God declared Jesus Christ, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. That is God's declaration of Jesus Christ. And our response is we listen and we follow and we imitate. So God makes the first declaration of who Jesus is. Now it's our turn. And we need to make that declaration after God has made. But we can't declare Jesus unless we know Jesus. So it is our responsibility after we hear Jesus because God says, listen to him. And so when we listen to him, we believe what we have, have learned from him. And now we can declare him because you, can, you know when people who don't really believe and they proclaim the things that they don't really believe, you can hear it. You can hear it because there's no truth in their voice. There's no conviction in what they say. There's no sincerity in their words. They're just regurgitating what they have heard. But when you have a relationship with Christ, what you say has conviction. There is a sincerity in, in the back or in, at the bottom of that voice, of that speech that they speak. And that is what we need to have, is to have the relationship with Christ. So when we do talk about him, we talk about him with conviction with sincerity, because we really know this man, not that we have heard of him. And that is where the gospel comes in. The gospel comes in when we declare Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. The gospel is when we come wherever we are at, we're declaring Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe in what he says. I believe in everything that Jesus Christ says. Even the things that seem, seem to be unbelievable. I believe it. I believe it. Because I might not understand now, but one day I will understand. One day it be, will be revealed to me. So that's what we need. That's what it means by belief. Belief is not because I can see and makes rational sense to me and therefore believe. No, belief is you believe whatever God has said. And that is what belief means. And when, when we believe, 
When we believe in the gospel, when we believe in what Jesus Christ says, and we speak it, we declare it, that is called the gospel. We declare Jesus Christ, and that is what the gospel is. And the purpose of declaring Jesus Christ is so that people would know Jesus and do this one act. When the gospel is declared, when you hear the gospel, if you have not done this one act, you have not heard the gospel, and you have not responded to the gospel. Let me read to you in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Have you repented? If you have, then you can be born again. If not, keep your life. Because the gospel, the declaration of the gospel is so that people hear when John the Baptist went out and preached the kingdom of God, he said this, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The gospel is proclaimed in a similar manner. When you hear the gospel, it is when our heart is convicted and we turn back to God, O oh, Son of God, have mercy on me. That is repentance. And when you repent, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit gives you the inspiration to declare Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit brings you to that stage where God revealed to you who the Son of God is, and you declare Him. And you will say, Thou art the Son of God. The question becomes, then, what am I supposed to do with this confession, with this declaration? You need to, you and I, we need to express Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit gives us the knowledge of Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit gives us this conviction that we turn from our past ways, our wicked ways, and turn back to God, and now that we have been born again, and we confess that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, then there is this journey that we need to walk. Of course, many of us will be like Peter. We will deny him. But it's part of the journey. It's part of the valley. And we know that in this valley, there are ups and downs. A lot of us, there are many downs and up. But then you make it. You get it. You get through the valley. And at the end, God is waiting for you. In fact, God is there with you in the valley. His rod and staff comfort you. Doesn't it say that? Do you know who Jesus is? Can you declare Jesus? If you have and you know Jesus, when you declare him, you will say it with conviction and with sincerity and with honesty. And when people hear, they hear the gospel speaking through you as an expression of Jesus Christ and not just a loudspeaker that has no meaning. Because you know him. And when you speak of Jesus Christ, you speak the truth. We must first know Christ through the diligent study of the Bible. Now, this is not just for kids, but parents and everyone. If you are not reading the Bible on a daily basis, you will not know Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, John 5, 39. Search the scriptures. Jesus says, search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The whole scripture talks about Jesus. If you don't read the Bible, you don't know Jesus. You will never know Jesus. Now you say, well, I read it. It's not enough. The word of God is your daily bread. You cannot, you, you cannot 
eat three meals at one sitting. You need to take in the word of God every day. If you don't, ask your heart. Ask your heart. Is there, is, what is the motivation? If not, if you don't find... Now, some of us are driven by our emotions. Don't. Just pray that the Holy Spirit come and give us the conviction. It's way, way better than our emotions. Because every day you wake up, you're a different person. But the Holy Spirit never changed because He is God. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the conviction because the Holy Spirit cannot work unless there is the seed of the Word of God in our heart so that He can cause it to grow. Without growth, you don't know Christ. Second part of declaring, expression, expressing Christ is the sanctification of our lives. We cannot declare Jesus Christ. James asked this, can the same mouth that curse God's creation glorify the Creator? Can't. We've got to be a sanctified vessel. And how do you sanctify the vessel? Jesus says this in John chapter 17, verse 17. It's a good verse to remember. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, reading is the first part. Understanding is truth. Meditation. Meditate on the word of God. And lastly, this is our responsibility. We know Christ. Now, it is our responsibility to make Christ known. God made Christ known to us. We must make Christ known to others. That is the preaching of the gospel. Learning, obtaining the truth, speaking the truth, that is what making Christ known is. Galatians 1.16 To reveal his Son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. This is our responsibility. Learn Jesus Christ. Know Jesus Christ. Able to answer his question, who do you say that I am? When you do, you can speak with conviction and with sincerity who Jesus Christ is and make him known to other people so that they might be saved. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. I pray that your word come with, as a sharp instrument. You said that your word is sharper than two-edged sword. Come and convict and divide our soul and cause us to see the distinction between the carnal flesh and the spiritual part of who we are. Cause us to see that we need to know and be able to answer your question. Who do we say that you are? Who do I say that you are? Lord, help us and sanctify us. Cause the Holy Spirit to give us not only the, the unction, but also the desire to, to pray and ask you for help. Lord, in this time where it's so easy for us to say, we're too tired. And yet, Lord, we look at that statement and there's no reason for us to be tired. So help us, Lord, and help the church, help the voice of the church and the gospel of the church so that the gospel might not be about us. The gospel might not be about who we are, but the gospel might be about Jesus Christ and has the power and the conviction to save man because in the end, Lord God, we cannot save ourselves. In the end, it must be the Son of God who will save us and will cause us to stand upon the high places of this earth and to feed us with the heritage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So cause us, Lord God, to turn from our ways, to not doing our own pleasure, to not seeking our own ways and not speaking our own words, 
that we might delight ourselves in you, Lord. Give us, give us the heart to seek after you. Give us the audacity to run after you. We give this church, Lord, everyone who is listening here in this church and at home today, turn our heart, give us the conviction to turn back to you. Even at this moment, Lord, that we will, that we will fall down in our hearts and say, God, I must know you. Christ, I must know you. There is no life apart of knowing who you are and knowing you as our Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus.